Alright, welcome back to the latest edition of the Omnitalk Spotlight Series where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. We are coming to you live from the annual NRF conference in the heart of the Innovation Lab. You can hear the hustle and bustle all around us. I'm here, of course, as always with Anne. Hello. <laughs> How's it going today? How you feeling, Anne? Good. There's a lot going on here. It's a completely just madhouse here. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it's a just... complete madhouse. Totally frenetic. The pace is nuts. Yeah. And there's just so much going on. And Innovation Lab seems to be where it is. Lots of great companies. But we're excited because we're going to turn our spotlight today on Stacy Ferreira, the CEO and founder of Forge. So Stacy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, what's the show been like for you so far? It's been great. There's been a lot of people walking around, a lot of retailers, a lot of companies, and a lot of great energy here. Tons of people. It's just packed, as you guys are seeing. It's it's a definitely must-attend event if you're doing anything in retail. Yeah, we were talking to the head of PR for NRF, and he was saying it's just the numbers are through the roof compared to the year before, and the spaces are even, even a little smaller. So it's, there's a lot under construction, so it seems like there's just more people in the space, but it's kind of giving an exciting energy. So yeah. enough about NRF. <laughs> so tell us more about you. Tell us more about who you are, what your company is. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my name is Stacy Ferreira. I started a company just about three years ago called Forge. And um, I'm sure we'll dig into it, but to give a quick background, before Forge, my background was in the internet security space. Um, started a company actually right after I graduated from high school built that company and then sold it back in 2013 to a company called Reputation.com. Um, and then after that went on to publish a book all about the millennial generation and how people are using technology today in ways that we weren't able to use it previously. And um, that book is really what led me into thinking about what is the future of work going to look like for this generation of people who, you know, have have uh, the same computing power that NASA had when we went to the moon in their back pocket. Um, and so it's a really interesting way to look at it. Exactly. And what were some of the key things from the book before we get into Forge? What were some of the key themes and, and you know messages in the book? Yeah, I think the the number one key thing was like the way that people want to work is changing, right? So when I was talking to young people about what do you envision work looking like for you when you grow up. You know, no one came to me and said, it's sitting nine to five in a cubicle. Mm -hmm. Everyone was pretty much, if I had to do that, I'd leave my job and go work somewhere else. Right. So people want that flexibility. They want the flexibility of where they're going to work, and they want the flexibility of when they're going to work, right? Um, and so I think technology is in a place today more than it ever has been before where we can really give people the flexibility that they're looking for. And finally, we're starting to tip the scales where there's more technology allowing people to work flexibly um, either, you know, if you're working a white-collar job, you can do your job through Skype or Google Hangouts to have virtual meetings. Or if you're working for Uber or Lyft or Amazon Flex or DoorDash, right, there's other ways to get flexibility today. And so I think that was one of the big things that we explored in the book. Well, and tell us more about Forge and what, you, what you're what you doing with that, because it's really, I mean, that's, a, I think, a good launching point for, yeah, it seems for right how you created it. Yeah. yeah. So at Forge, basically what we've built is we've got what we call a talent sharing and flexible scheduling software solution that allows retailers to be able to partner together to share their part-time labor and offer flexibility to that labor. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. Forge works with a lot of shopping centers. So we'll go into a shopping center um, and we'll sign up you know, 25, 30, 40% of the retailers in that shopping center. And if you're a 
I'll just use an example here, right? If you're a Hallmark store and you're looking for sure. more sales associates, you can actually partner with the Lego store that's across the street in that same shopping center. And you can allow any of your Hallmark employees to go and pick up shifts to work at that Lego store and vice versa. You can train those Lego employees to come and work at your Hallmark store. And then that way, both companies are able to share part-time labor. And to the employee, it's pretty great because you're getting access to maybe double or triple the amount of hours that you could only work at one store previously. And it's in the same geographic area. So I'll make sure I heard that right. So I think that's really important because this is pretty damn innovative, especially having run a store and gone through the hells of staffing for the holiday season and trying to find labor, especially when you're short staffed. So what you just said is the retailers can work together to pool their hourly, way, hourly workforce. Yep, exactly. And so this is one of those things, you know, it's when you when you say it out loud, um, I know, so I started the company almost four years ago now, right. three and a half years. Um, when I first started the company, people kind of came to me and they were like, what do you mean I'm going to share? I'm going to share employees. Um, and nowadays, it's funny, those same retailers or people at those same retailers are coming to me and they're saying, Stacy, you know, back in the day when Airbnb was a thing, I had the same response, which was, what do you mean I'm going to share my house with someone? <laughs> And now it's commonplace, everyone's heard of Airbnb. And so it's one of those things where now people are starting to say, all right, why wouldn't I share my employees? I, I have high turnover anyway. I know that I need access to more employees. So if I could share my employees with someone else who has similar type talent to me and retain that employee longer because that employee is not gonna go look for full-time employment, then it's a kind of a win-win. Well, and when we spoke before, I think what's really interesting is is what you're enabling for um, and, and the flexibility for a part-time employee especially. And when we talked on the phone before, you were saying even just transportation, like getting to the, the mall in this case, um, once you're there, if you only have four hours and you can pick up another four while you're there and, and not having to go back and forth, then you're really maximizing the amount that you can earn as a part-time worker, which you could have a full-time job, really, in essence, almost, um, on a part-time schedule. So I, I just love it. I think it's so innovative. Well, that's really interesting. So, there, so, like, so basically, is there a little bit of a, a positive selection bias in this, too, in terms of how it works? So say I'm employee A and I'm working at this company, and then, oh, there's shifts over at Hallmark, like you said. I now want to work more. So, like, are you getting good people as that secondary retailer because they're selecting you to want to do more work? Yeah. Like, yeah. I have to think that's a, a positive benefit. Yeah. Not only are you getting great people that want to do more work because they're self-selecting the shifts, but you're also getting people, if it's in the same shopping center, for example, you're also getting people that, you know, as you had mentioned, transportation is taken out of the equation. A lot of times people are no-shows for shifts, and it comes down to, oh, I wasn't able to get transportation today. And then you're also getting a much more qualified employee because if that employee has already worked in that same shopping center, they know the types of customers that are coming into that shopping center. They know how to sell to them. So you're getting an employee that already knows exactly the customer that's walking into your store and they can cater to that. Yeah, so how, so where you've implemented this, how have the retailers reacted to this? Like, I mean, I got to think like if yeah. the retailers can jump on board in terms of hey, let me think about my hiring practices against, you know, with my peers collaboratively that might, you know, give us some scale across these efforts in a way we haven't had before. Yeah. How have you seen them approach that type of discussion? Yeah, definitely. So it's been really interesting. So the first mall that we launched was a mall called Alamoana Center, which is in oh, sure. Hawaii. Yeah. It's the largest outdoor yeah, mall in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and when we first started it, in the first two months, we had 55 retailers, over 55 retailers sign up for the platform huh. to start sharing talent wow. with great results. Um, everyone was able to go on there and find additional talent to hire and then we got a ton of feedback too from the employees who were like this is fantastic because I was thinking about leaving to go work this other job but now I'm staying in the mall um, 
So great results there. And then we've expanded that out to Ridgedale Center, um, which is in Minnesota. And now we're expanding to 45 other malls this year across the United States. And so then are you just really working with each individual mall and then working with a specific retailer in that location versus having to work directly with, say, like their headquarters operations? Yeah, so the way that it started is we started off, um, actually Brookfield Properties, who's a partner of ours, they said, hey, why don't we test this out in a few of our malls just to see how this concept actually works. Because we've launched this concept in cities before, um, but never really in such a location-dense environment as a mall. So we've partnered with, uh, with them to bring this to these first two malls to build case studies around, hey, how is this thing actually working? And now that we've gotten two great examples of this thing working and we're expanding on out, we're starting to have those corporate conversations with folks. Um, And we actually have just signed a few big corporate deals that we'll be announcing um, early this year. And so kind of exciting to to see now how it's going to roll out, not just mall by mall, but specific brands who are starting to partner together saying, in every location that I've got a location and you've got a store, let's partner together and let's roll this out across the U.S. so that we can have double the double yeah. labor. Figure that out. Certain people. Yeah, that's, that's a really, uh, that's a really good. That's a really, that's a really sweet. That sounds awesome. When are those big announcements coming out? Can you say? Um, it'll be late Q1. Late Q1. So in okay. conjunction with another big mall that we're going to launch in um, late Q1. Awesome, awesome. So how has it been? Um, one of the things I always find that's really interesting as a lot of young startups, tech companies are trying to sell into retailers and or malls. Uh, what type of information are you guys providing them in terms of reporting, in terms of analytics, uh, that type of thing, with you know, in terms of how people are interacting with your technology? Yeah, so some of the big ones are, of course, we're doing a lot of reporting around you know, how many people are actually applying to the jobs that you have that are available in each market. Um, that are within that mall environment. So how do they compare against other jobs in that market? Are, are a lot of people from that mall interested in working for you? Are oh. they not? Which is kind of some interesting data to see. How do you compare to your retail peers around people wanting to work there based off of word on the street at the mall of how people like working there? That's like Amber has no clothes for the, the store manager there. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So we've got some interesting data around that, um, how many people are applying. And then, of course, like how many people are actually picking up shifts. Um, sure. So on average, we're filling about 900 shifts um, hours per month per retailer, which is kind of crazy. Per retail, 900 hours per retail. 900 shift shifts, hours. Shift hours per retailer, per retailer wow. which is okay. a lot. So, Stacy, this is unbelievable. So what's next? So like, as yeah. we look forward to, so it started 2019. You talked to you guys some big announcement. What's like, what's next on the horizon? What's the three-year, five-year plan? Yeah, so for us, right now, I mean, this year is really focused on launching a bunch of these malls across the United and States. And how many was it again? 45 this year. 45 In malls. 2019. In just you've, this year. It's you've been in operation three years. <laughs> yeah. You've already run another company. You've written a book about millennials. Okay. This yeah. is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> getting impressed. It's been busy. It's been good. Yeah, you've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> you've been busy. Well, awesome. Well, um, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, so keep going here in terms of, like, where things are next. Yeah, so expanding to these 45 malls this year, and then hopefully in the next few years it'll be... Um, you know, every mall in America we'd like to be in, and then of course surrounding areas. So um, while we have been concentrated on the malls, I think there's a lot of opportunity outside the malls for other businesses to tap into the ecosystem as well um, and build you know citywide ecosystems of talent that are looking for more work. Interesting. How does international play? Yeah. topic of discussion. Like, is, that, yeah. is that someplace you guys go? Is it a place you're just kind of waiting? Like, how are you thinking about Definitely that? Definitely a place we want to go. Um, we have a lot to figure out in terms of labor law there. So okay. one of the big benefits for Forge here in the United States is the part-time. So a lot of companies, you can save a lot of money by having part-timers as opposed to full-timers. 
And so that's one of the kind of unique things about the United States where this thing really starts to take off because businesses are saying, oh, I can have you know, a large part-time pool of folks, which means I don't have to have full-timers. Not necessarily the same in every country. You don't get the same cost benefits of having part-timers versus full-timers in other countries. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and the laws are really well established across that entire national landscape. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Very cool. Well, wow. I, I think I think for I think I have a feeling this next section. I think Stacy is going to kill, kill it. I think she might ace the test, which no one has done yet. But Stacy, to her credit, has signed up to play How Millennial Are You? So, as a reminder for everyone listening, again, live on the stop, live on the NRF show floor for everyone to hear. We're going to play How Millennial Are You? And again, it's to test how curious you are, not necessarily how young you are. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, let's have some fun. So, okay. So, let's say you go to the grocery store, okay. and you can use your mobile phone for payments, say Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, or you can use your credit card. How are you paying for your groceries? Definitely through Apple Pay. Right. Or if you go to Whole Foods now, the new Whole Foods Amazon app. Or the Amazon app. There right you app. go. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You have to do it now, right? Yeah. 100%. All right, so question number two. Say you get an invitation for a wedding. How are you buying your friend wedding gifts? So if they have a registry, then it's online through the registry. So through the registry. Okay. But... Um, Amazon, but I'm also going to say that I've only had one friend that's gotten married so okay. so okay. far. Okay. okay. Credit okay. to my millennialness. That's true. I guess people yeah, are delaying their, they're delaying getting married. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's I think pretty she standard. still wins. Yeah, pretty one. standard. Yeah, it's yeah. Re- that's almost dependent on the wedding, the person getting married to, how they're approaching the situation as well. Right. Like yeah. Zola and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You uh, have this- some friends who are like very specific about the brand. They're like, you must buy it from this place. And like, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. You know how that works. All right, this is our favorite question. How many times in the last week have you used an application to order food? A mobile application to order food? Oh, man. In the past week, today's Sunday. I mean, in the past week, three? Three? Yeah. Okay, all right, three. Okay. I was thinking you'd be higher, actually. I was thinking you'd be higher. Like, Starbucks alone for me is like three in a day. Oh. Well, if we're counting Starbucks, oh, yeah. then, the then every single day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. I was going right. to say, Starbucks right. is in a kind of world of its own out of here. Yeah. Starbucks every single day. Yeah, it's like if you're not using it, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love going to just even work out of Starbucks. I try and carve out a few hours every day to just go and, like, I just put in my headphones and I have no do one you? else around me and, like, work-wise, and you can just zone in and do your thing. And I order my strawberry green tea. It's great. Oh my god. That's probably where I'll be editing this podcast. Later. That's true. So, yeah, no, I totally know what you're going for. All right, last question. This is also a good one. So, what's your favorite social networking app? Instagram. Instagram, why? Um, so, I think the photos are like a great conversation starter. And I like rarely iMessage people anymore. It's like I message people through Instagram chat feature. So, okay. pretty much everything friend wise is done through Instagram and I've got my live story going of NRF and everything that's happening so and you're kind of a prognosticator so since you said Instagram let's go there a little bit just to close out the interview because I'm curious what your thoughts are like, yeah. well, how do you see everything playing out Instagram commerce where do you see kind of the future going for, you, for your, your generation yeah in terms of like buying stuff on Instagram yeah maybe? whatever you think how do you oh. how do you see this playing out a little bit yeah, whatever angle you want to fantastic take. I mean I if, if there's a social media that I'm on it's Instagram more so than anything else. Maybe I check Facebook once a day. Maybe I, ch- I check Snapchat a few times a day too. Okay. But Instagram, I'm on 
probably at least once an hour if I'm awake. Yeah. And that's because all my messages again are coming through it and you're seeing like what friends are doing. And so like a lot of shopping happens on there. I know a lot of influencers that I follow now, you just tap on the photo and it pops up and it shows you like the, pr- the item and the price of the item and then you click a button and you can go purchase it. Right. And I've done that like a handful of times just because it's it's easy and you can see it right there. Um, yeah, I can even tag friends in the photo and then they'll comment, oh, so cute, you should get that or whatever yeah. it is. And then I'm like, all right, social proof, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. So. We had, yeah, we had somebody on the program a few weeks ago talk about how it was almost like their new magazine. Yeah. You know, kind of so the equivalent of magazines that gives them that kind of discovery, you know, if it's to then go and make a purchase. So yeah. you can really curate your content. It's interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. This was awesome. This was a ton of fun. The other thing I should have said to the audience in the beginning, too, it turns out Stacy actually hails from Scottsdale, Arizona. So we I actually, do. she went to the girls' boy, the girls' high school, and I went to the boys' high school. So we found that out right before the interview. So kind of a small world. But um, so people listening to this that are at the show, if they want to learn more, how should they contact you? Where should they go? Yeah, definitely. So if they want to find out more information on Forge, they can go to joinforge.com. Or if they want to connect with me personally, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm around the internet, so feel free to reach out. Awesome. And where's your booth here at the show? Um, We're at booth uh, 7129. So come visit us at the Innovation Lab up here on, like, the fourth floor. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stacey. It was really great to talk to you. We love what you're doing, and I'm I'm just excited to see where she goes after this one. I want to know what's next. So good luck to you with opening all of these locations this year, too. That's a huge feat. So congratulations. Thanks so much. Super impressive again. Stacey Ferreira, CEO of Forge, here live from NRM. As always, everyone listening.